0: What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another Weekly Drop. Um, This week's been a big week, probably the biggest so far since we started recording. Uh, Australia have taken their first medal ever out of the Olympics, uh, getting the bronze medal over Slovenia. Um, It's huge for Australian basketball. We'll get into that a little bit later. Um, The Under-19 Gems girls have started up in Hungary. NBA free agency period's done. And Josh Giddy's just played his first summer league game today against the number one pick and Kate Cunningham. Um, Hesh, how hold you
1: holding up? I'm good, man. I'm um same thing in Sydney. We're in lockdown for this month. So I'm doing all right, but enjoyed the, the basketball that's been on, obviously. And you know, we've got a lot to unwrap. For
0: sure. We'll get into Josh Giddy straight away, because uh he played today. Obviously, his first summer league game, the Oklahoma City Thunder versus the Detroit Pistons. The Pistons, obviously, are the favorites um, on most betting apps to win the summer league. Obviously, having the first pick in Cade Cunningham and Josh Giddy came out firing first play. Um, nice little dribble, dribble, drive through the lane and dunk. Couldn't have started any better. Uh, but then it quickly came to a, quickly came to an end when he twisted his ankle, sprained his ankle. Um very unfortunate. Uh, we're hoping Giddy's okay, but from what you saw, is there anything you can say really?
1: Uh obviously that first play is a dream start. Like yeah. they just completely miscommunicate on a ball screen. <laughs> the lane yeah. just opened up and he went up off his right foot, jammed it, which is nice. Good little start for him. He had an ISO play too after that, where he waved out, waved away the ball screen, had a mismatch on a big and struggled to separate and he got pieced. So that wasn't that was shaky. We're going off two plays, basically. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like yeah. not really see anything. And then, like you said, very unfortunate that he went down. Um, looked like a little baby tweak though. Hopefully it's not too bad. Um, so let's let's hope he's back and, and in action as quick as possible.
0: For sure. The only thing that's worrying me is his little hobble after getting up. He looked like mm. he was in a bit of pain, but I think I don't think they'll risk it. I mean, he's the sixth pick they want him to play during the season. I think he's a big part of that team right now. Um, obviously they don't have that many pieces at OKC right now. So I think they're not going to risk it on these silly summer league games. So I doubt we see him again, maybe, if we do. I yeah. don't think it's going to be for a long period of the game.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, it's, he's not in a rush to play. He's, he's inked it. So he's, he's down to, to, to be there for an extended period of time. So there's you know no real rush to get him back on the court. But that being said, I'm sure that there'll be some level of urgency from himself to, to try and be out there to showcase what he can do and, and try and try and compete with all the other the other kind of draft picks and, and see where he's at, you know. So hopefully we see him in the summer league. It'll be nice to just see him compete a little bit and get up and down in that environment. But you know, I'm sure they'll make a decision when they need to.
0: Sure, Trey Mann was a little bit disappointing for me. Their other first round pick, um, he looked mm-hmm. like he was taking a while to get started. But I think Wiggins, um, I think it's Aaron Wiggins. Um, he he looked pretty good. He was their second round pick, so. The rookies in yep. OKC are looking pretty decent. Um, Australian-wise yeah. Australian in the Summer League, uh, I think Jessup had a good game, but he was a bit inconsistent. I think he had zero points up until the late third, and then he had 11 like that. So inconsistent. He was doing that in the
1: NBL too. <laughs> yeah, inconsistent as always. I would just go it? 0 for 11 and then 11 for 11. Yeah. So he's like super, super streaky, but when he lights up, it's over. And that's what they picked him on. Like you can always, anyone know, that can stretch the floor and can make make a rain in in patches and for, for long periods it like is a threat so I'm sure he'll he'll find his feet soon enough
0: yeah um just correction I said Aussies but I meant ex-NBL uh Jasopson not was Aussie um that was my yeah. bad um NBA free agency period has just ended I think I think they might it might be still going for a little bit longer but the main part has ended um some big signings some big moves around the league um including DeMar DeRozan to the Bulls kyle lowry to miami um a couple big ones uh, westbrook to lakers so what's been your favorite signing so far what's been the biggest move in your opinion
1: biggest move Ooh, i think westbrook to the lakers is, is the biggest move like that's the, the the thing that stood out to me yeah um massively i'm, I'm reading something just to to maybe throw you off i don't know if you read it but something about that Lowry and the levine trades or signings being something wrong with it with the way they did it or something like that
0: yeah yeah yeah. it had something to do with tampering tampering Um, so they're gonna i think they can trace calls and stuff like that so you could get in a bit of trouble but the the trades are not going to get sent back you you just lose money or you lose picks or something like that i don't know how it works
1: okay sure yeah so um yeah, you know, I like uh, Westbrook to the Lakers to me is the biggest move. Like that's going to be crazy. I had a debate with someone about it. I'm big on this concept of like, you know, how do ball dominant players get along on the court? And I think it's very important when you're piecing the team together, you got to understand that how players operate and, and where they're successful. And, um, Obviously, we've seen it fail in the past. We like where you've seen two ball dominant players get together and it doesn't work. Like Westbrook and Harden together wasn't too successful. Taking it back even further, Carmelo Anthony, Alan Iverson, they they kind of got it going a little bit, but then, you know that 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 became unravelled quickly as well. Um, so we've yeah. seen patches of it, but for me, LeBron James has proven that he can get guys to fit into us into a kind of system and and whatever he kind of he's the man like you know what I mean he's been every team he goes to he kind of dominates and it it tends to be his team D Wade said that when he went to Miami Um, Kyrie Irving kind of submitted to LeBron as well even though they were taking big shots and had the ball in their hand at crucial points in time I think that's the gift that LeBron has to dominate the ball and to be effective in all areas of the game but then he allows his other ball dominant players to feel like they're included heavily as well which is something that i think Harden doesn't do as much of and some other guys probably don't so personally on paper it doesn't look great when you look at it you know they two ball dominant players ad is the third one in there ad is probably the best three-point shooter out of all of them which is saying something you know yeah. so they don't really stretch the floor so it's kind of like uh, question marks but then i'm just I'm, I'm sold on lebron's ability to get the best out of people and if you get the best out of westbrook and and AD and LeBron and they all get a clicking. That's going to be that's going to be a problem. I think they're going to be a, a serious problem, especially defensively. Yeah,
0: for sure. Um, interesting. My, I think the biggest signing was probably not even to a new team. I'm going to say Kawhi resigning to the Clippers of four years. Um, that came out of nowhere. There was a lot of rumors swirling if he was going to stay or not. And I think he's one of the best players in the league. Um, he's won championships in. San Antonio, he's won championships at Toronto. I think he's a must-have for the Clippers to still be a contender, obviously. Um, And I think um, the two years ago, they had a a pretty bad off-season. They lost. They blew a 3-1 lead to the Denver Nuggets. And then this year, Kawhi went down. um, But Paul George was playing at a peak level at the end of the playoffs. And I think if they had Kawhi Leonard, I think Clippers are still a title contender, no matter what um with the current team they have they're such a tough team good defensive minded sure. team um so Kawhi Leonard four years extension that's a yeah. huge signing that could definitely be the biggest
1: yeah um, I, I can't I can't argue with you there I think that was there was big question marks of where he was gonna go um so yeah for sure I'll tell you what I, my one. favorite signing is though for real what how do you Brooklyn <laughs>
0: yeah that's a big one how do you think he's gonna go
1: Dude, he's going to be a sniper, man. He's going to come on there, play his 15, 16 minutes a game, probably shoot the three at 50%, you know, help them. Uh, you know, they might win a chip. If they stay healthy. They, they're on the cards as well, you know? Yeah. Um, so, especially if we... It's so funny to see, like, how... I mean, funny, I don't know if it's the right word, but, dude, this guy's like the goat when he plays for Australia. Facts. So yeah, let's hope that carries over and see how he goes this season.
0: My favourite signing would probably be a little bit biased. I'm going to say Dinwiddie to the Wizards. I think Dinwiddie no. has... It. Dude,
1: yeah, I'm, I'm higher high as, as Dinwiddie. I'm I really higher as Dinwiddie. It's so to you, tough.
0: Facts. He just I hasn't think... had the right opportunity, but I think they're going to put the Vax. ball in his hands at Wizard uh, Washington. And He's I think a walking dirty really piece,
1: bro.
0: For sure. I think Sorry. he fits our play style a little bit better. I know Russell Westbrook last year struggled to kind of fit in because him and Bradley Beale, like you said, are ball-dominant players. Uh, Bradley yeah. Beale being obviously... Um, top five scorers in the league. So I think Spencer Dinwiddie can fit his role a little bit more. And he also steps up in the clutch. So I think that's going to help us a bit as well. Um, the weirdest signing I'm going to say mm. is Drummond to Philly. Don't really understand where that came about and why he did it. I'm not sure how much he signed for. Um, I know it's a one-year deal. But it doesn't really make sense to me, Philly wise. You're going to bring Andre Drummond, who's um, arguably a top 10 centre when he's playing on a start and starting on a team, and you're going to bring him off the bench for Embiid, who's your star player who rarely comes off? Or do you push Embiid to the four? Um, I'm not really sure how that works to me. If you play them both five and four, I think you don't really have much spacing, and wing fours could really outplay you in that area so I don't know I don't I don't I don't really like that signing I think a lot of people didn't like Whiteside to the Jazz but Gobert sits a lot and B doesn't sit at like as much as Gobert does um, so and they have the same kind of play style Hassan and Gobert both defensive players both inside don't really take it outside much so I don't know I don't know I didn't really like Drummond to Philly but we'll see how it goes I mean Drummond's obviously a bucket and one of the best centers in the league. So we'll see how he fits in.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think they're... I don't really understand the logic behind it. I think... Yeah, I mean, you'd have to play him at the same time because there's going to be patches where they're playing at the same time. So you've got to slide Embiid to the four Spacing, yeah, I guess so. Like, it's going to be an issue, even though Embiid has shown that he can stretch the floor a little bit. But... Um, but That being said, like I think the, the way the game's played now, it's so much about the perimeter and there's so much four out one in stuff or five out stuff. You know they might they might figure something out where they, where they have two big guys down there, um, playing and dominating the glass and the o glass and slowing the game right down and playing at their style. You never know, it might work. But yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be very interesting. Mm.
0: Who do you, who do you think early takers for next year's championship? You think Lakers got it now? They got
1: Westbrook. Oh, everyone is healthy. Yeah. Really, damn. If everyone is healthy, yeah, I think I think the Lakers will come through. Um, but I mean, Brooklyn are just too tough offensively. Yeah, like, I think about it, and I'm like, who, like, come on, like. But I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with go with my man, Westbrook and, and LeBron to get it done. But I had a bet. I have a bet with my friend too that um we have a five hundred dollar bet that Westbrook will win a ring by the end of his career. So interesting. <laughs> I made that bet when he was like a, in his third year at OKC. I, I was like, these guys are going to – I think it was like straight after the championship run that they had and they lost to Miami.
0: Like, oh, Miami. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. They it lost to know.
1: Miami. I think that was Miami's first ring. Um, and then my friend was like, you can't win at Westbrook at the one. Like, he's a terrible point guard. And I've always been high on Westbrook. Like, I think the dude is elite. Yeah. I think he cops a bad rap sometimes. Yeah, his decision-making is not great at all times. We know that. But he's just so, so good and gifted. I love him. Yeah. So I'm hoping it's this year. So if I have to early pick, I'm going to go Lakers, but Brooklyn are a very, very, very close second.
0: For sure. Let's hope we see it. Um, obviously, you? Oh, I can't really go past. It's going to be – it's loading up to be one of the best seasons in the NBA next season. I think you've got so many contenders, and it's going to be very even. Obviously, Lakers and Nets are sitting at top of the, each conference, but I think there's definitely dark horses that can knock them off. Um, I think Nets beat them. <laughs> I just can't go past the Nets. They got the three of the, top, sure. three of the top five scorers in the league. Um, you just can't go past them. I think Paddy Mills was a huge signing. I think they signed James Johnson as well. Big signing. They did, yeah. Um, so, yeah, they're building. I think Paddy Mills without – I know this is a bad excuse, and obviously he's one of the best coaches in the NBA, but I'm, seeing, I'm keen to see how Paddy goes with a new coach. Um, he's been at Spurs his whole life. So, yeah.
1: Oh, one more thing I want to say about the NBA. I really want to see how Chauncey Billups goes head coaching at Portland. Mm, That's That's going to be something that I'm very interested in. Obviously I'm I'm a Portland guy. Like I love Damian Lillard, been my favorite player since he came into the league. Um, And I've always been a big Terry Stotts fan. I thought he'd done a good job with them, but maybe it's time for some change. Um, I know a lot of fans out of the Portland fan base are happy that he's they not not happy that he's gone because I think they respect his loyalty and how long he's been there for, but they kind of wanted a change and it was only a matter of time. And they've gone with a, a guy in Chauncey Billups is you know vet point guard from, from the NBA who's proven to have championship experience. And I'm I'm hearing some little mic'd up snippets of training camp and things like that. And I'm excited. So they haven't made any free agency moves, but I uh, like that the coach signing, I, I like it.
0: Yeah they got Cody Zeller, who I don't oh, think yeah, a bad signing. Right. I think he feels yeah. there for um sure. but yeah i don't know portland's kind of i think it's like this is your last chance i think they've been rolling with the same team cj and dame for a while now and I, I every every year i look at portland i'm like this could be it this could be the team and then it just gets the playoff time and something happens so i don't know Thanks. i think they'd, they've got to work something out maybe it was the head coach
1: yeah
0: um, we'll get into the Boomers. Boomers, obviously, huge, huge um, moment in Australian basketball. Um, I don't know if you saw Andrew Gaze tearing up after the game. It was cool to watch. Obviously, it's a huge thing. First time ever meddling um, with the team we had. was. It's a finally moment, I feel like. Finally. But we've set the standard now. And it's only up from here. What were your thoughts on the whole tournament? How we performed? And did we deserve bronze or should we... Have not placed or gone higher.
1: Um, thoughts on the whole tournament? Obviously, a, a success in terms of the history of it and the the value and the, the the landmark that you just created in Australian basketball, winning a medal for the first time ever. Um, big deal. So success in that regard. Now, this might be an unpopular opinion, but like to me I I think they with the team they had I feel like it's a little bit of a underachievement to be honest like I think obviously it was it was tough in the sense that we we drew USA in the semi because they lost their group game so bronze was probably yeah bronze was probably the highest we were going to get but but I definitely thought we had the team and I still looking back on it we had the team to vie for a gold medal in in the final I think that was the think that was the, the realistic aim and I felt like that's what that, that team probably thought was a realistic aim as well um, so as much as I, I'm very happy for, for Australian basketball and, and you know how much it meant for so many people that are involved in, in, in the Australian basketball program and for the years that have that have led to this moment and the, the amount of L's that they've taken throughout to get here obviously that, that you can't underestimate that and I'm very happy that they got some some hardware to go home with but I still think they were, they were a, definitely a, a gold medal chance to vie for a gold medal to make the final. Um, I personally think we, we would have beaten France um, in a semifinal if we got I to did. play against him. Um, I think we could have got them. So, I mean, that's the way that it goes and, and you have to take it as it comes and, as I anticipated, no one was going to touch USA for me. I just thought they were too strong offensively and they could turn it on defensively in patches and clamp teams up. So overall success, I would say, but maybe slight underachievement in terms of what they probably were expecting, I, I think, if that's fair to say. I don't know. Yeah,
0: I think it's fair. Um, I agree with you. I think we would have got France. Um, I did think France was a very strong team. I think they were the third strongest team there. Um, I definitely think we should have silver though, or even gold. We were, the the annoying thing is we were up to USA by at like six. We were up like sixteen at one point, and like Exxon was yelling in their faces, and we had such momentum. I'm like, it's over. Like they're gonna drop their heads, and it is over. And then Kevin Durant happened. Um, yeah, let's, you, let's dissect you, that
1: for a minute. Let's talk about that. <laughs> that was crazy.
0: Cannot dude. guard it. We were, him. We were um, up
1: fifteen. Well, yeah, maybe sixteen. I don't know. Double digits. Well, 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 beyond double digits. Up, momentum rolling. Like everything was clicking. We we're defending pretty well, I thought. Um, and then it was just like you said, Kevin Durant happened. And it's it's interesting to me because one thing that I noticed and I commented on as well, I, I just I just feel like people are so quick to judge of things that happen. So I remember yeah. Andrew Gaze was saying in the first half, he was like, "If Team USA think they're just going to roll up and play." play pickup ball and just stroll through a victory. That's not going to happen. And we were like so feeling ourselves thinking like this game was over. But then it's like the second someone just lights up and they have 10 guys on that team that, that can literally line up. up at any point in time. It's that pickup ball all of a sudden works. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then everyone's like oh USA is so great. So in the back of my mind I was scared. Even when we're up 16, I was just like, oh. no, nah, let's not let's let's just chill with this because we got it, we got to lock yeah. in here. And that game crumbled quick. Very I deep. think Maybe I'm overstepping here, but I think Gorgeon should have called a timeout, man, early in that third quarter. Mm. You've got to take a timeout. They came back, they tied the game up. They went on like a 9-0, 10-0 run to start the quarter. Yeah. And he just let them play through it. And then it turned into a like 16 to 2 run or something. And then he caught a timeout. And I was like, oof, now Kevin Durant's cooking and they're going. Yeah. And then it's impossible I I I don't think you can chase down a team like that.
0: Yeah. I think yeah. I think, yeah, a timeout would have been great, but um, there was a couple possessions, like in a row where they were just hidden open corner threes. And I don't want to say it's anyone's fault, but there was a couple people slacking off on defense, just like going like, oh, waving their hand at the open corner threes, yeah. and I'm going like, you have to step on it. Like this is the game whether we win gold or not. Like this is that only chance? Like you have to I push. wonder why that happened. It's such and- a like
1: interesting concept. but like, how can you play so well with so much effort? And then the momentum just gets sucked out of the game and then all that energy and effort and everything you're putting on the defensive end just goes, crumbles, and you can just sense it. Didn't you just sense that like the game was over halfway through the third? Like there was no way we were going to win?
0: Yeah, as soon as you go down 10, it's just so hard to climb back.
1: Yeah, man. The whole energy just changed. Like I was looking at the bench. No one was up. No one was like, I don't know, it just felt like they'd been deflated for some reason. And it happens so quickly.
0: I think that was a perfect opportunity for Josh Green to come in. Young guy, full of stamina sprinting around defensive I think that was a perfect opportunity I mean I can understand why he didn't come on in the past games because he's young he's going to get his chance but that was the perfect opportunity to bring him on
1: hold on do you really understand that I don't understand it bro he should have played the whole tournament for me
0: yeah I get that but there's a reason why we went 16 and 0 so I'm not complaining but I think that of that particular moment late second early third he should have came on did you see did you see at the very end when we won bronze? Everyone's like everyone's like crying and smiling, and Josh Green's kind of walking around going like he looked, he looked pretty angry. I don't know, that could have just been me, but he kind Yo, of looked like, he looked ticked off.
1: Maybe he was, you know. Like I think personally, man, he's he should have played like 15, 18, 20 minutes a game. I think he's so good defensively. I think he plays with so much energy. He's an X factor on the offensive side of the floor. He's Him and Thaibu defending on the wings like that, and then you got Exum guarding the ball up the floor. Bro, that's like elite defensive unit. Um, so I think they underutilized him a little bit. But like you said, like, would it have made a difference against him, you say? Maybe, maybe not. Could you have, you know, yeah, okay, so we won every game, so you win by a little bit more if Josh Green potentially plays. Um, or, or, you know, I mean, it's all, all these little algorithms you can do back in your head and figure out. But I personally think he should have played um, more Mm. As well throughout the whole tournament, um, but yeah, that's a perfect opportunity. Like you said, you're slipping, the game slipping away from you, momentum shifting, and you just kind of inject some some sort of change out there. You would have been perfect for sure. Yeah.
0: yeah, I agree. So, what's next for the Boomers? What do you see at the next Olympics? The one thing I I didn't like, like you said, how we underachieved. Um, the next Olympics is in three years, so like the team kind of changes a lot. So that's the only disappointing thing. You're going to see people like probably Delhi's out of there. Uh, maybe Ingles is out of there. Um, we're going to see guys like Giddy coming through, Dyson, uh, Josh Green will probably get a bigger role, obviously, I think. Um, Exxon will be big.
1: Um,
0: so, yeah, what do you, what's next for the Boomers? Uh,
1: yeah, I think you hit it on the head. I think the landscape will change. Every Olympics, it tends to change. I think you... They go through this cycle where they like guys turn from rookies into like mainstay players and they have like one to two Olympics at that role, and then they slowly become vets and then they exit out. I think everyone kind of goes through that process. And then you every every Olympics you inject some new blood. So, like you said, that the giddies and the Dysons will come through next next Olympics, I'm sure of it. Um, but I I think I'm hoping Ben Simmons plays. You know, like I'm, I'm hoping that he's available and he plays and he's mentally right and whatever the situation is, if he plays, obviously Landau will be back. I think he's going to have some NBA experience under his belt. He's going to be a, a force to be reckoned with. I'm high on his future. Mm, he's um, going to be big. Yeah, I think he's going to be big. So I think, to be honest, man, I just realistically, as much as the rest of the world is catching up and they are catching up and USA, that the gap is is narrowing, I just find it so hard to to foresee anybody beating them. Mm. Um, it's just hard for me to. Obviously, it's happened in the past with with certain one-off games where they've slipped or they've they haven't played well, and then a team catches them lacking and they they win. But I just feel like their their talent levels are so high. So that's like what you're chasing essentially. You're trying to beat Team USA every single time. Obviously, you have internal goals, and you know you have have all these things that you want to go on and you don't want to worry about the competition, this and that. I get all that. But realistically speaking, like they're the, they're the benchmark every, every tournament, you measure yourself against them because they've proven to be the best. And, you know, we're all NBA fans and we watch it. And if they put together their best team from all their NBA talent that they have, it's a tough team to (laughs) beat. Like, it is. you know what I mean? So I think it's going to be hard for us. I think we're going to be constantly for the next little while. Like, and I'm going heaps far ahead now, but for the next three, four Olympics, I think we'll be around that bronze, silver, bronze, silver kind of area. And I think yeah. we will cement ourselves now as, as top three, top four nations in the world consistently. Yeah. And I'm hoping that'll be the case where we just stream together some Olympics with some medals. And then you never know down the track, we might have a, a team full of for sort the of 10 guys that are all kind of max contracted players in the NBA. And then we're, we're challenging the the powerhouses as well and trying to get that gold but i think we're we're just kind of starting a wave of of developing some consistency where we medal at every kind of big basketball event and i'm hoping that's the case
0: yeah for sure i agree ben simmons at the one giddy dyson paddy nick k landau we yeah. should be we should we should be good we should be good to go by 20 what is it 2024
1: yeah 24 uh, so three years away
0: we should be good. Maybe maybe we can bring home a gold in Brisbane 2032.
1: <laughs> Imagine that. That would be yeah. dope, wouldn't it? On home slow. Hey, what about this Aaron Bain situation? You read about that?
0: Yeah, apparently it's worse than what it is than what was initially thought of. Um, yeah, I doubt. I think that's going to affect him getting a contract in the NBA, obviously being out for a while. So I think yeah. he's going to have a season just to recover, work on his game a little bit and see if he can get a contract next season. I guess we might see him back in the NBL. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I don't know, but I mean, he's um, – I really like Aaron Baines, man. Like, I yeah. think he's he's expanded his game a lot. He's proven he can play in the NBA and be a contributor on a good NBA team. Unfortunate freak accident. seems to be like he's taken some his time of So, obviously, thoughts go out to him. Hopefully, he comes back strong from it.
0: For sure. Um, one last thing before we wrap it up. Uh, obviously, big news this week. Landau has signed his NBA contract. It was a long time coming with the Spurs. Um, what do you see him doing in the NBA next season?
1: Oh, I haven't checked the Spurs roster yet. So I'm not too sure in terms of rotation minutes and how much he's looking to play and things like that. But I think the experience is going to be invaluable for him. I We're dropping that Eagle Eye tomorrow and, you know, it's on Jock Landau. So you guys will catch that one. Um, and I, I'm high on his future. Um, and you'll see on the, on the episode of Eagle Eye that I, I think he has all the traits. Like he's a good road threat. He's a good pick and pop threat. He's got range on his on his three ball. He's got a motor that can run all game. Um, and defensively, he's pretty solid. Like, he can guard multiple positions and, and he's he's pretty switched-on defender on, on the weak side too. So I think he's got all the traits to be successful think the first year he might not play that much just get used to the NBA and the style of play and the scheduling and all the different things that go with it and then I think he'll contribute in patches for sure I think he'll cement himself as a as a stretch 4 six eleven stretch four and if he if he continues to improve that three ball I think he'll he'll remain in the NBA for, for the years to come so I'm excited for that and I'm excited for him and I, and I like his energy and one thing that I started following Jock Landau when he came out the beginning of the nbl season and said melbourne's gonna go undefeated this year yeah. <laughs> he just said that bro like he didn't even chill with it he was just like yeah we might go undefeated this year they won like they went six and zero to start or something like that yeah i was like damn this guy just says it like that so i mess with his energy and, and i hope that he has a, has, a, has a long time in the nba glad that he's getting the bag facts
0: that's what i was about to say i like his energy as well um, yeah, we're wishing Jock all the best. Um, thank you guys for joining us this week for another weekly episode. Um, we'll be back. We've planned to have a guest this week, um, hopefully from the Boomers. We'll see. We'll see what we can whip up. But um, uh, we've got an eagle eye dropping uh, tonight. By the time this comes out, um, and we will catch you guys next week. Appreciate it. For sure, appreciate it.